So what if instead of focusing on trying to figure out alcohol, you tried to figure out yourself. You learned how to do all of the things that you think alcohol is doing for you, but better. You tapped into really understanding what the messages from your body meant and how to use your emotions to your advantage and how to really expand your desires to get what it is you finally really want and have real, lasting, sustainable pleasure. That is possible for you, and it is all available to you in the self-study course, The Naturally Sober Woman. It is everything that I teach my one-on-one clients, but it is compact for you, lifetime access on demand at a super affordable price available to you right now. You're going to go to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, right there. It'll say self-study course or follow the link in the show notes right here. Get in there. One short video, just the welcome ceremony. There's a commence, a beautiful commencement ceremony that really anchors you into your intention for wanting to make this change into your life will change your life forever. It'll put you on a trajectory of new possibility because the bigger your desire is, the easier it's going to be to say goodbye to alcohol. So go on over to my website, get inside of the Naturally Sober Woman, and I will see you in there. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help women just like you from around the world do the same with my one-on-one private coaching program. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to getting alcohol out of your way that breaks all the rules, life-enhancing tools that make not drinking exciting and joyful, and the profound and sacred journey that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. This show is not a substitution for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a medical professional if your alcohol consumption is at risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back, my beautiful listeners. It's so nice to have you here. It's Mary. I hope you're enjoying your summer of love and fun and connection and just re-engaging with people and stepping out of you know, this place of isolation. And so I know that getting back out into social settings can be sometimes a trigger trigger for people to drink. But what I want to invite for you is to take it as an opportunity for it to fill your cup, for the connection to really focus your intentions on gathering with people, on that connection, on the feeling of community and sharing and this human interaction versus am I drinking or not drinking, right? So when we shift what we're focusing on, we have, we get a different outcome. So in this final installment of our three-part series of honoring trauma, we kind of bring it all together and start to really look at how can we mitigate some of that stress that's then triggering some of those unprocessed emotion. Because then if you can get, if you can mitigate some of the stress, which just comes from our thinking, you 
you have more access to higher states of consciousness and higher states of thinking so that you can actually, from a place of love and compassion and healing and, and your intention for just wanting to live a more full life and, you know, kind of just dive into the depths of human experience, you can now go back and look at some of these of some of these ways of feeling invalidated or not belonging from from a, a neutral perspective, right? From not such a triggered, stress-based way because you're just not going to do it in that way. And so what we start to do is we start to eliminate the triggers for alcohol from the outside in. So it's like you have the habitual daily drinking, it's five o'clock, I'm drinking, but then you also have the stress triggers or the other emotional triggers. But if you start to, if you, when you start to change your thinking and you start to observe your thoughts, you can mitigate those and then you can go even deeper, right? So we kind of start from the, the surface level and go inward. But I think it's it's important to know all of these layers. So in this episode, I give you the tools and the step-by-step process to really look at that. Again, celebrating yourself first, honoring your life, knowing that your worth is innate. It was given to you the day you were born and you just have to show up to claim it. And remembering that everything is a thought. So your belonging is your willingness to just decide that you do, Right? And everything else is a thought. Everything else is a construct that's been created. And the beautiful opportunity about being human is that we get to believe new things. We get to actually believe whatever we want. And we can actually go back in time and heal ourselves if we're willing to. So you have to ask yourself, what is the emotion that I would need to step into if I knew that my the results I wanted most in my life were inevitable? So I'm the woman who has this result already that feels joy and contentment and who can celebrate herself. What does she believe? How would she choose? What would be her next step of action if she if the results were inevitable, right? If you knew the results were inevitable, you would go all in 100% all of the time. And that is possible because that's the that is the opportunity we have with the human brain. If we commit to a process, our results are inevitable. And I want to invite you to think about that possibility. What would the ripple effect of that be on your life? What would the impact be in all the other areas if you were able to experience joy and alcohol became irrelevant? It was just like dust in the wind. And your focus was on being able to give in generosity to yourself and others without judgment. Wow. Amazing, right? That's available to you. Enjoy this last episode. If you need anything, please reach out. Have an amazing day. Then it becomes a habit to, you know, to experience this sense of, of joy also. So if we go back to the definition of neuroses, involving symptoms of stress, so the depression, anxiety, obsessive behavior, hypochondria, not a radical loss of touch with reality. Trauma then causes this long-term neuroses, the disease, when we are in, and then when we're in states of rest, digest, when the parasympathetic nervous system is in balance is when we can look at the now and see what are the thoughts that create the stress, right? So if 
if the neuroses and the stress is a way in which we've actually been coping with some of the um some of the trauma and then we use alcohol to cope with the neuroses <laughs> we wonder why we're um we wonder why it's a mess over here right um so we but when we we use these practices, and like I explained the breath, so we can get like there's st- times where you can get yourself into a state of of balance, right? So like you go to a yoga class, you go for a long walk, um, even when you have had a good night's sleep, and you can wake up, you can practice beforehand. You can prepare yourself to to new tools that can balance the nervous system when when you want to go into reaction mode to fight or flight. And coaching is one of those ways where we can practice beforehand a new way of thinking, a new way of feeling in the present moment so that you can mitigate the stress, right? That you can see like, what am I actually stressed about? Because stress is only created from thinking. And I can celebrate my accomplishments, right? So I can mitigate the stress and celebrate my accomplishments, but you have to be willing to do that. And that feels scary also. That's also another, can be another trigger for trauma. And then you can be seen in the world without shame and you validate yourself, all of your emotions and successes. And then the need for alcohol simply comes down to a habit that it's no longer serving the purpose of what now becomes your priority. My priority is balancing my nervous system. My priority is getting to know myself. My priority is the sacred journey of the self that I'm talking about of I'm at this tipping point where I'm not even in touch with my humanity. Like what's going on there, right? And it doesn't take a ton of time. It just takes awareness of your thinking and your emotions and how you're responding to life. But the first step is to say like, yeah, this is happening. I'm kind of at this tipping point of like not knowing how to really be human, right? Because my trauma wounds, uh, my stress levels, and now the drinking, and it's like, you got nowhere to go. So in fact, now it's getting in the way you know, of your priority, which is just taking care of yourself. Alcohol is. So it comes back to reprioritizing. And then when you do this work, you commit to doing this work. Alcohol is just a habit that gets in the way and it's no longer desirable. You have to work through some of the beliefs, but it really, you know, and again, this doesn't happen overnight, but it does become kind of like child's play. It's like, yeah, that was something that I did when I wasn't interested in growth or self-development or taking personal responsibility for myself. And I, if I want to take personal responsibility for my thoughts, feelings, and actions, if I want to honor my accomplishments and celebrate my hard work and meet my unvalidated emotions from childhood, then drinking's not an option. This is literally not an option. And now, and then like, of course, now it's not desirable. In my experience, I believe that the inability to experience joy, like I was saying, comes from a lack of space. So we have to feel the emotions in real time. And then we can go back and look at some of the older, old uh, root causes of them. But you have the access to doing that in real time, right? So 
alcohol isn't real joy. It's like a synthetic version of relief of pain. It's not joy. It's just relief of pain and numbing, right? And you, you know, do it now in these occasions, these celebratory occasions, because you also don't know how to experience real joy. You haven't practiced real fun. You just have the synthetic version of it. It's the only way you know how to give yourself permission to relax. And it's the reward rather than owning your natural achievements and letting that vibration, that feeling in your body be the reward. So now you've associated the feeling of alcohol in your body as the reward. This is how I honor my life. This is how I honor my accomplishments. This is how we celebrate versus like the joy, radiance, vitality, like brightness, shining, that that feeling, because the alcohol is just another feeling, right? Like it doesn't change anything. So you can, if you're going to celebrate via a feeling, via a sensation in the body, then work towards the real one, right? Not the one that's the synthetic one that just inhibits your ability to experience real feel-good chemicals. My friends, it's just a practice and it doesn't take you 30 years to get here. In fact, it can take a really short amount of time with a commitment, a willingness to feel, and preparation, and showing up for yourself. You have to believe in possibility, right? It's not like I'm just going to hold on for hope and prayer. You have to believe. You hear me talk. You see other people. This is possible. And it's possible for you too, because I bet you if you go back to an earlier time in life, Alcohol wasn't an issue for you and you were able to experience joy as a child, right, without alcohol. So you know that it's possible to experience joy without alcohol. You've just blocked that process. So you step into possibility. You have to like believe that this is actually happening. And I I, I trust from all the clients that I've had and all the work that I've done on myself, like, this is happening, this process of this like twofold trauma a little bit, right? There's the emotional wound and then the alcohol, the, the, the emotional wound, probably the stress, lack of self-validation or honoring your accomplishments. And then the alcohol is just kind of like the only way you know how to, to shut some down and open some up emotions Feeling my emotions is how I take care of myself. That's my thought. Feeling my emotions is how I take care of myself. Validating my child self and my present self for feeling exactly as I need to with kind words of understanding. Recognizing my accomplishments and being seen. Being in authentic alignment with your story as an invitation to help validate another person's feelings of shame and isolation is an amazing way to inspire yourself into action. When we share our stories, we lead by example and we allow other people to feel like they belong, to feel like they're not alone. So when you want to shut your brain down and you want to relax, What's the one thing that you would need to believe about yourself to give yourself this, the permission of not doing? What, what are some thoughts? Some of the thoughts I came up with are everything's done. This is my reward. 
this relaxation is my reward. I make my own to-do list. I've waited my whole life for this moment. I've worked my butt off for this moment, right? This is what it's all about. Sitting back, putting my feet up, drinking some iced tea. And I'm working on this too, by the way, sitting down and relaxing. And maybe you relax a lot, right? But maybe you have the mind still going. So what would it take for me to leave that to tomorrow, right? And what I suggest is write it all down. Write all those worries that are in your head down on paper and burn them. (laughs) By the light of the full moon, of course. When will there be a better time? Like then now to just enjoy yourself. Why do you want to drink? Find that out. Why do you want to drink? And then like see about what those answers are. What would you believe about yourself if you could be happy, relax, have fun without alcohol? So when you ask yourself, why do I want to drink? Then ask yourself, what would I need to believe about myself to have fun without alcohol? And how can you believe those things right now? So if I said, I want to drink so that I can have fun, what would I need to believe about myself to have fun without alcohol? I would need to believe about myself, that I am fun, that I have no, that work is done and now there's fun, right? Although my work is fun too, but that it's time for fun. It's summer. I would need to believe that I'm funny. I would need to believe that I can be playful, that I can, I know how to laugh. And I can believe those things right now by proving them to myself, right? By saying yes to something new, by generating evidence in the world, by remembering a time when I did have fun without alcohol, by tapping into that child, inner child self, and remembering the things that I used to like to do as a child, which were dance and sing, so I could turn up the music and I can sing and I can belt a song out and I can laugh to myself, or I can go to a playground and play, right? And don't say that's silly, because I bet you have enough drinks, you'd go to a playground and play and be goofy and silly, but you could do that without alcohol. You just have to be willing to feel. So we're going to talk a little bit more about some of this, about the importance of imagination and negative bias, because there's so much here. There's a quote I wanted to leave you with by the author uh, Bessel van der Kolk, who is an expert and researcher on PTSD, and he wrote the book, The Body Keeps Score. He is also a psychiatrist. So the quote here is, trauma is an inability to inhabit one's body without being possessed by its defenses and the emotional numbing that shuts down all experiences, including pleasure and satisfaction. So it's an inability to inhabit one's body 
without being possessed by defenses and emotional numbing. And the part about this is including the pleasure and satisfaction. And so that is where, you know, we think a lot of the beliefs are, well, if I'm drinking to have fun and celebrate, then it's okay. But this view of it, and this is my belief too, is that you don't know how to do that also, right? You're using you're you're using that synthetic version of fun and play because of this trauma and this in in this inability to inhabit your body. And so the title of this episode is honoring trauma. And why is it so important to honor these trauma wounds? Because they're part of your experience. Because it has shaped your life until this moment. And it's an opportunity to become the living prayer of your lineage. The 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 person that stops this wound from continuing for future generations. It's an opportunity for you to heal so you can make space for the gifts that you were given by your ancestors, right? So trauma can block and it puts in up all of this shame and blame and regret, but then we limit what we've been given, all of our gifts, all of our uniqueness, all of our talents, all of our magic, right? That ability to receive the gifts and the messages from higher states of consciousness, from the infinite fields. And when you feel your own pain, it's easier to empathize with others. Or when you experience the triggers of privilege or oppression, when you allow that to be felt, you go out into the world more resilient, more able to listen, to be of service, to be of sacred service, right? To reflect and look at your own experience in relation to the other. Just become a better friend, but you have to start by befriending yourself. And then we can start to understand the experience of others. And then our well is overflowing. The self-reflective love is loving yourself so much that you just have so much to give. You create greater resilience inside. Alcohol is the opposite of honoring you. It is a disrespecting your trauma. It's an invalidating it and it's saying to yourself, you don't matter. As an adult, you have to lead by example. You also have to be the one to save yourself. Who will save you if you don't honor yourself, right? And so I don't want you to walk away from this with, I can't believe I haven't been honoring my trauma, right? <laughs> like no shame, no blame, no regret. My God, this is an opportunity for me to befriend myself, for me to meet myself where I've wanted to be met in so many ways. And then there's a ripple effect in the rest of your life. I want to meet me so that I can experience pleasure and satisfaction and not the synthetic version of it. I'm here if you need anything, if you have answered any questions, I would probably recommend listening to this a second time because there was so much here, listening to it in two parts. Thank you so much for being here, for your willingness to show up for yourself. This is the first step 
in the direction. We take all of this work going deeper in one-on-one coaching. It's really the best investment, the best way to honor your process is through spending sacred and intentional time for yourself to show up every week to really examine what's possible for you. Because girl, you deserve it. I love you. Talk to you soon. If a life of deeper self-mastery and feminine embodiment is calling you, but alcohol is the one constant in your way, I want to invite you to check out my one-on-one coaching program. It's your opportunity to apply the tools and principles from the show to your life one step at a time. Together, we create the safe and sacred container to explore the habit of alcohol, the power of choice, and awaken your inner light. Schedule a complimentary alignment session where I will help you uncover the next best step for you on your journey of discovering what's possible on the other side of alcohol. Follow the link in the show notes or on my website, marywagstaffcoach.com. I can't wait to connect.